Welcome to the Clinical Research Podcast, bringing you the latest developments in research explained by our world-leading clinicians, academics and scientists based in Nottingham. Research needs data and data needs, in the end, patients. Our researchers spend a lot of time identifying the right patients for our studies and more importantly, our patients spend a lot of time helping us. The more efficiently we can use the samples and the other data they give us, the more we can help them. And that's what the new Nottingham Bioresource is about. It pulls together samples and data from patients into one central bank, which is secure, controlled and confidential. Then we can help researchers identify the data they need and let them access it in the most useful, secure way possible. So everybody wins, that's the theory. To find out more, I talked to Jen Boston, who's Head of Research Governance and Quality at Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust, and to Natasha Hill, who's the Bioresource Operations Manager, and they explained how it's going to help researchers. Jen, first. So the timeline is much shorter, there's much less paperwork, um, and it's generally a lot easier for them. And also we facilitate and help with the tissue collection and the data collection. And we can link the right departments and the right people in to set up the full pathway rather than a researcher having to go and have seven different conversations. We can consolidate that through our application and make that process as easy as possible for the researcher with the best output possible for the research. We will support with tissue collection. We will support with, we provide consent training. Uh, we will enable people to work under our bioresource um, umbrella um, at, in, across the trust, capturing consent. Um, we have access to the medical um, note system to capture data for them, to help them capture that data. Um, tissue on its own is not as valuable as tissue with clinical data to go with it usually. Um, so we've got all that support to be able to support them with. Is there actually a physical thing? Because a lot of it's data as well, isn't it? So I guess the physical side of it is the tissue collection, uh, which is a broad range of uh, tissues that have been collected over the last 10 years, really. Um, but actually, what, the way we envisage it going forward is it'll be more of a virtual facility so that we will only collect tissue that's needed based on the academic need, uh, that we don't just collect tissue for no sort of potential use. We collect it and with the view that it will be used in the immediate future. Um, so most bioresources now are more of a virtual thing, really. But in terms of actual facilities here, there are those samples do exist. Yes. And how many of them were there? 140,000 samples are up there at the minute. Naively, that sounds to me like quite a lot, is it? It is, it is a huge collection. Um, I think there are bigger collections across the UK, um, but it is a sizable collection and we would will be heavily promoting the use of that tissue to and from quite a broad background as well so there are bigger collections that are potentially more specific such as cancer biobanks um, or particular disease cohorts whereas ours is from a range of different backgrounds different patients um, and with the data as well we collect that as Jen was saying with the samples on a case-by-case -case basis so that we've not got hordes of data that isn't being used it will be specific to the research study so we can get down to the granular level that's needed. If I was a researcher who was thinking, should I use this, what would be the advantages in terms of that range? So I guess the big benefit is if they say to us, um, Natasha, we need some lung cancer uh, tissue, we might have that upstairs ready for them to go without having to go and collect it. 
Um, but actually, we are looking not just at the collection that's been retrospectively collected, but we will, we are planning to prospectively collect new tissue. So I guess the support that they would have is that we could um, train somebody up in their department to take consent under our ethics, or we could take, send our staff out to get consent for those tissues and prospectively collect them if they wanted lung cancer tissue from a specific group of patients that we didn't have so it's twofold really it's access to the retrospective stuff that's already here and prospective new collections as they need so we are essentially open for business we've got all the regulatory approvals in place we've also set up the um tissue bank um access committee so that's the committee where we have a range of people on the committee the ethics have approved the setup for that and those are the people that issue would review an application and give those approvals. Um, we also have an operations management meet, a team and meeting all set up now. Um, so the, just a general structure around the bioresource is, is very solid, um, very regulatory compliant. I think as well, we've got the patient and public integration into the access committee. So we've got two PPI reps who sit on that access committee and help drive the bioresource in the right direction and keep the patient benefit at the forefront of what we're trying to support because i guess that is one of the things actually that patients might be anxious about their idea that they're just handing over all this data all their information and it's not absolutely clear where it might be going mm -hmm. how, how well do you respond to if they raise that idea yeah, so we've, we've had PPI input from the beginning. So from our information sheets, when we drafted them, they've gone through um, a couple of PPI groups who've reviewed them and they've had opportunity to ask questions and we've been able to identify where things weren't clear and where patients might have concerns so that we can either change our tack or we can rephrase it in a way that makes sense to non-research non individuals. Um, we've also... Um, spoken with a young person's advisory group to get their impact for if we're speaking to children under 16 or young persons under 16. So I think just having that continual feedback loop is really important um, so that we can approach. What were the actual sort of substantive concerns that they might have had about it? I think it was predominantly, it was lack of understanding. I think we got, got too technical with what we were doing. So for a lay point of view, it was quite difficult to comprehend. Um, it was more around the broad scope of the bioresource because we don't have a research question that's sometimes quite hard for a patient to digest that the samples are not going for reason a or reason b they're going for unknown reason at the time of collection um, so what we've tried to do is we're going to set the website up and that's going to feed back on the research we're supporting so it won't be on an individual level but patients can keep in the loop of what research is going on with our support and where those samples are being sent off to and being used for. Do you think they're a bit nervous about what might happen to them potentially? Potentially. It's, as you say, it's one thing to go to a patient and say, this is the study, this is what they'll be looking at, this is what we're going to use your samples for. But then to say, actually, we're going to put them in a freezer and if somebody's researching something, we'll let them have that information or that sample. I can see people maybe being a bit more nervous about that. Not necessarily justifiably, but it would be a bigger unknown, isn't it? Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, I guess the, the reassurance for them is that actually we have all those tight regulations in place. So we, you know, we would only release it if it was for good scientific value. We wouldn't release it to anybody and it has to go through that access committee. Um, and obviously we have very intensive systems that track the tissue from coming in right through to disposal um, so there'd be no risk of the tissue getting left in an office or a lab somewhere without them 
been, you know, we've, they're all barcoded track to the nth degree, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so I guess the, those two things um, are the reassurance that those samples are, are very well looked after. And it would be, I'm guessing, better than probably what might have been happening before with lots of individual researchers and their spreadsheets. I mean, if they did an individual research project, they've got to go through quite a lot of regulatory approvals, which makes sure that, you know, they've got the right scientific justification, their objectives are good, that the tissue, you know, it's ethically to take that tissue from a patient. But I guess having the bioresource just pulls it all together, really. Um, we have a nice range of tissue. We can collect clinical data. We've got very good information sheets, consent forms. We're feeding back um, across by the website of what we're doing with the tissue. We also report it annually to the ethics um, committee. So I guess we've got, got it covered from both angles, I think. I think it's potentially a bit of standardisation as well. So one patient who might be suitable for two research projects under their own ethics might actually have samples under our bioresource that could then be approached for both, but they would have one consent process and one burden and the terms of that consent will be the same. So they're not having two potentially conflicting or slightly differing consent conversation so it makes makes the patient process slightly easier as well mm -hmm. and it's easier to then manage the samples they're being kept at the same conditions managed in the same way tracked in the same way so it just keeps all that governance in check and there's fewer opportunities for things to go wrong basically and of course we're inspected by the human tissue authority you know we have a license we have to follow all their codes of practice uh, they come on site to inspect us so you know, everything is is very regulatory, watertight. Um, it's always very diff difficult with patients um, trying to give them the right level of information without overburdening them with lots and lots of information um, or giving them too little that they feel a bit concerned about what's what's going to happen to their tissue. But I think we have got it right really with our information sheets and consent forms. They are straightforward, they're simple. The whole model of the bioresource is simple. Um, so hopefully we have pitched that just, and we have involved um, patient representatives throughout. So yeah. hopefully we've got that. Plan to keep doing some outreach groups as well, so that we can get the word out there not only to the researchers but to the patients of, of the hospital, so they're aware of what we are and what we're doing, and they can contact us for more information or give any feedback if they've got any concerns or questions. So I think that's really important to keep doing. And we hope to obviously build confidence um, as as time moves on, that their tissue is being given for a very valuable purpose and actually promote all the impact that the tissue projects have delivered on. Um, and I think that will obviously get the name recognised a little bit more. People will hopefully want to be involved. Um, we do tend to find that patients are quite keen to be part of the process to drive clinical change. Um, so hopefully going forwards, you know, as, as we get stronger and do more and more research collaborations, do more and more outputs and, and sort of communicate the impact that it will build that patient confidence. Finally, the sort of looking forward question. It's, it's early days. So where do you, I don't know, in two years time, five years time, where do you see this being? What are you aiming for it to be? We hope to have quite a lot of the tissue that we've got collected being used. Um, in various research projects, uh, we will be reporting to the Ethics Committee every year on what we've, what we've used the tissue for, what outputs those research projects have had. Um, we hope to set up lots of new pathways of tissue collection um, and build all those networks across the trust. Um, we're still at the very early stages. Um, we hope to possibly have maybe a, 
a small team for the bioresource, but mostly tap into the wider research workforce and use the research nurses, practitioners that are already out across the trust um, to tap into that resource to help us collect the prospective tissue that's needed. If you'd like to give us your views about the use of data and tissue samples in clinical research, then you can join the conversation now on the Research Insight website, which is researchinsight.org.uk. That's Research Insight. Insight is I-N-S-I-G-H-T dot org dot uk. Thanks for listening. There are links to the subjects we talked about in the show notes and more information about research and innovation on the Nottingham University Hospital NHS Trust website, which is www.nuh.nhs.uk forward slash research. Our email and social media links are there too. To stay up to date with the Clinical Research Podcast, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google or wherever you normally get your podcasts. The more shows are rated and reviewed, the easier it is for search engines to find us. So if you can subscribe and rate and review us, you'll be doing it for science.